Hello, one and all, children of all ages. This is Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am your host. Just wanted to let everybody know we are not dead. The last couple months since our uh, previous podcast has been filled with death, destruction, blood, kittens, new babies, more death, more explosions, and all kinds of stuff. And we are finally, finally back. Thank you all for downloading us. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, I would have gotten some information out sooner, but I just was not able to. Uh, let's, uh, let me go ahead and uh, run down the list of hellos, and then we'll get back to uh, what kind of issues we've been having here. Uh, first up on the list is OH2FFY, Greg in Helsinki, Finland. And y'all may start hearing Greg pretty soon. I need to get back in touch with him, and uh, uh, we may actually, uh, he, you may actually get to listen to somebody other than me for a while. Uh, KB2SDR Jason in Iron Lightning, South Dakota. KI6BGE Tim in Torrance, California. And Tim sent us an audio email, which I was not able to get uh, ready for this podcast, but I guarantee you it'll be on the next one. N3IA Bruce in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. KD0AIN Don in Springfield, Missouri. W4BWQ Bob in Apaca. Hey, yeah, there y'all go again trying to mess me up. Florida. KG4OLW John in Miami, Florida. KC9GPJ Dave in Nashota. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to say hello to Cody down in Texas City. Uh, when Cody signed up on the Frapper map, uh, he left a little message there that he was studying for his license exam. Cody, if you're listening, uh, send us an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com and let us know uh, how you came out on that test. Uh, we sure would like to know. I'm sure everybody listening would like to know. We have WB8NBA in Dayton, Ohio. That's Bob. KD7WTE, Randy in Billings, Montana. Uh, Randy was having a little trouble downloading uh, the last episode, and I'll get to that also in just a couple minutes. KE4RRG, Roger in Dawsonville, Georgia. G1WVV, Rob in Shopshire in the UK. W1JKS, John in Franklin, Massachusetts. KI4LMR, Randy in Goodlettsville, Tennessee. N6LPV in San Jose, California. KC2RRT Adam in Brick, New Jersey. 
And let's see, we've got uh, unidentified listeners. No. We have C, and that's all we got on the Frapper map was the letter C in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mark in Red Hill, Surrey in the UK. Lee in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Ray in Fairfax, Virginia. Kevin in San Pedro, California. Jason in Alberta, Canada. Canada, excuse me. And the unidentified listeners, uh, whoever's at number five, Oxbow Road in Massachusetts, 01778. Uh, we found you. We're not sure who you are, but we found you. Uh, we have an unidentified listener in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. We have five in London. Uh, London, England, UK. Yeah. One in Lexington, Massachusetts. Two in Cincinnati, Ohio. And 13 at an undisclosed location. It shows unknown location on the Frapper map. But the pen is located in Kansas. So uh, apparently it's a military base or something. A secret black ops thing. Anyway, we won't worry about that too much. Okay, first up, the problems here. Okay, uh, about the time I was to uh, put out the last podcast, uh, the previous episode 16, I had uh, all the segments ready to go. I had the music downloaded. I had everything ready to go. All I had to do was put it together and send it to the server. And I stopped to go pick my son up off the side of the road because he had broke down in his car. While I was gone, and it happened to be in clement weather, we took either a strike or a near strike at Resonant Frequency uh, Amateur Radio Podcast, and in the process lost three out of four computers, a monitor, KVM switch, keyboard, mouse, uh, power supply, which was running the digital radios, amplifier, um several other items here in the radio room. We also lost the uh, electronic uh, control board on our furnace and a television down at the far end of the house. And we're just now recovering from that and getting things put back together. We're going to get back on a regular schedule, so y'all hang in there with us. Okay, if I missed anybody on the hellos, y'all please please send me an email and I will make sure that I get you mentioned on the podcast. I was looking at the Frapper map. Those of y'all who are new, uh, go over to the blog site and you'll find a link to the Frapper map. I'll be moving it back up to the top before I list this episode. And go stick your pen in the Frapper map and let us know where you are. We like to know who's listening to Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast. Uh, when things went down, we had about 300 people listed, or a count of 300 on the Frapper map. When I was finally able to get back into it, we had over 700. So we've got plenty of listeners out there. And 
I'd like to thank all of y'all because the last time I checked iTunes where amateur radio podcasts are concerned at iTunes, we were number one. We may not be number one now, but we were. And that's thanks to y'all. So, we went over that. Oh, yeah, I didn't. After the lightning strike, uh, my wife's uh, brother passed away. Uh, we've had a new grandbaby, uh, Zoe Arianne Bailey. She is uh, almost week old now. Uh, it's just been very, very interesting around here. Okay, uh, let's do the mail. Let me do the mail because uh, that's what we need to get to. Alrighty. Uh, the first one comes from Jim Howard. N0UWY. I am listening to the broadcast right now. I went to your blogspot site, but the fragger, the frapper map did not seem to be working, so I could not mark my QTH. I will try some other time. Okay, Jim, thank you for writing to us. Uh, that is something I can address right now. The frapper map. Uh, there have been issues with Frapper Map. If you go over there to to put your information in and you're not able to do so, uh, please let me know and we'll try and get it worked out. One of the problems has been they've been kind of flaky over at Frapper. Uh, another issue is for my my Linux brethren out there, uh, the Frapper Map is Flash. So unless you just refuse uh, to use anything that is uh, not open, uh, free and open software, um, you're probably not going to be able to get in there because Ganache will not work. I had Ganache set up on my Ubuntu box and went over there and it just would not fly. As soon as I removed Ganache and installed Flash Player, it, it fired right up. So, those are a couple of issues. If there is a problem with that, y'all, please let me know. Uh, our next email is from Adam KC2RRT. I just started listening to your podcast and quickly went through most of the episodes. You have put together an amazing resource for the new hams such as myself. I grew up listening to shortwave and wanted to get licensed, but I did not actually achieve this until recently at age 40, 44. This was prompted by a desire to promote amateur radio in my scout troop, where we've gotten a number of the boys and adults licensed and held one radio camp out, Jamboree on the Air, so far. The topics you have been presenting cover many areas that I find of interest. I realize that much more could be covered on each topic and hopefully will be in the future, but the coverage so far has been a great introduction with sufficient depth to be very useful. One subject that you might wish to cover in a bit more detail is Echolink. I cannot afford a radio at this time and so have used Echolink as a means to get on the air a few times. 
I am a bit reluctant to use some of the H some of the HF and overseas links. However, I am unsure. However, I am unsure to the legality of remotely operating a radio in another country. A segment dealing with this issue and okay, as well as the nuts and bolts of operating Echolink would be much appreciated. I am also looking forward to more episodes about various types of antennas. Keep up the good work and thank you very much for this wonderful program. Well, Andy, thank you very much for that wonderful email and you know, I'm I'm always happy to see the the scouts get on air and do their thing. Uh, as far as Echolink, we did. I have done a small segment on Echolink in this podcast. We are still recovering at this point, and um, I've hit. I hit a few points on that. Uh, we will make sure it gets into the lineup so that we can do some more research and go more in depth on that. Uh, the next one comes from Nate WY0X. And this is another problem area, and I want to discuss it here so everybody's aware. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that on your website and in all the RSS feeds, Podcast Alley, iTunes, etc., that the URL for episode 15 is incorrectly typed somewhere or the file did not get uploaded to the right file name. If you go to, uh, and it gives the URL, and click... Okay, Nate, uh, I think we got that problem squared away. Um, I went ahead and uh, made sure that the file names were right and lined up, and that didn't didn't help, so I went ahead and reposted episode 15. So if any of y'all are having trouble getting your hands on episode 15, go back over there, look for the one that says repost on it. Uh, I did download it myself via iTunes. I've also downloaded it via uh, HPotter on my Linux box, and it seems to be working correctly. And uh, thank you for that input. Okay, the next one comes from Tim. Doggone it, Tim. What you call sign? KI6BGE. He's the one that sent the audio email, which we'll be listening to next time. Um... Richard, hi. I really enjoy the podcast. Have I missed episode 16? Are you okay? I have been a ham since uh, 10-5-2005 and got my general in June of this year. Your podcast is very helpful and entertaining. I love the blues also. I live in Torrance, California and travel to Chicago often and try to make it to Buddy Guy's Legends at least once per trip. Keep the blues in the podcast. I have an engineering engineering background, so I really enjoy the technical content as well as the social public service content also. Keep up the good work. If there is anything I can do to help, let me know. I will be sending... Okay. I have also tried to contact you on D-Star, on K5TIT, and NE5R with no luck. Alrighty, well, Tim, uh, I'm gonna be. Uh, I was have been in the middle of setting up a new radio also, and once again, I say I've had some complications here in the shack. Let me say to everybody within the sound of my voice, uh, Nate, Tim, 
all you guys. <clears throat> hey, if uh, you get on uh, your D-Star radio, you dial in the NE5R, November Echo 5 Romeo. The gateway is only currently only functioning on port C. That would be the uh, two-meter port on NE5R. I try to keep that one on, or at least scanning across it, uh, all the time. If you're not able to contact me on that port, then chances are I have uh, left the building, <laughs> or uh, or something to that effect. Uh, Tim also writes that. Um, wait a minute. That he uses the KF6 BQK port B repeater in Malibu, California for D Star. I have an ICOM IC91 AD with a Mirage amplifier for D Star. I agree with you about Ubuntu. I've been handing out live CDs for the last three years. Thanks again for a great podcast. I listen to it more than Leo Laporte. Well, Apparently, I'm more popular than Leo Laporte in one person's uh, list, but not as much as Callie Lewis. Oh, well, <clears throat> I just can't keep my eyes off the cute di- Okay. I think I'll just put that up. Anyway, <laughs> anyway y'all give Tim a yell out there. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, I did talk with K6IXA uh, last night, matter of fact, on uh, on the Mount Bullion repeater. So y'all give him a him a yell also. We know those gateways are working. I was kind of worried about this new radio. I was thinking it was broke. Okay, um, we got that. We got that. We're not going to talk about Ubuntu. Let's talk about donations. Resonant frequency needs your donations. Uh, We're currently rebuilding the system here. So I know you guys. I know it's Christmas time. I don't expect y'all to go broke. But it's like send a dollar. (laughs) You can't buy a soda for a dollar. You can't get a candy bar for a dollar. Well, you can, but they're a little bitty and they're just not very circumstantial, not very substantial. And, you know, unfortunately, I am a, I am a fellow of heroic proportions, really. And those little bitty less than a dollar candy bars don't work for me. So, you know, send a dollar, send two dollars, you know, anything to help out Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. We're, like I said, we're in the process of rebuilding here. I finally got one of the machines where I can uh, get y'all another podcast out. We are going back on a regular schedule, and we will let you know. If you want to make a donation, go over to the blog, which is at kb5jbv.blogspot.com. And up there on the left-hand top partial portion of the page, you'll see a PayPal button. That way you can do check, money order, recheck, whatever. Just you send stuff out of your PayPal account, whatever you need to do. And uh, that right there would uh, definitely help things percolate along and get us back up to uh, at least 100% or at least 50%. Okay, monthly schedule. We're going to go back on a, on a regular schedule. Uh, 
I've been far too ambitious in the past. I am an advanced class radio operator, and I feel that there's nothing that I cannot do. However, um, things have get, gotten really hectic here, and until we're get, able to get things stabilized and get some more help on hand, um, we're going to have to go to a monthly schedule. Monthly schedule. So... Uh, I'll try and get more information into each individual podcast to try and make up the difference. So uh, uh, y'all will continue to download us. Also, we're looking for suggestions for topics for Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast. Uh, If you guys have something in particular y'all want to hear about, let me know. We'll get it researched. We'll make it happen. Some of you guys outside the U.S., uh, there's a segment coming up, and I'll I'll pre-peat it uh, because I haven't said it in that segment yet, but uh, you guys that are outside the U.S., I'd be interested in knowing what the rules and regulations for uh, amateur radio in your country is. If you could send me some links or information on that, I would uh, dearly love to take a look at that. Last but not least, and let's make it pretty quick because we're getting kind of long-winded. Um, where was I? D-Star. D-Star. Okay. Um, y'all can contact me on the D-Star repeater, NE5R port C. I suggest, um, I think y'all might want to go take a look at this technology. I wasn't a big fan of it. Not when the only radio you could get was $1,500. But the prices are coming down. Uh, I just purchased a radio for $600, which a good dual bander is going to cost you that, which is D-Star Ready. I also have a VHF radio, which after the board was put in it was about $250, $300 to get on D-Star. These radios are starting to come down into a reasonable price range, and I think everybody should take a look at it. This is a coming technology. We're beginning to use, uh, look at using it here in Dallas County, along with the uh, Winlink for uh, a secondary digital communications route. And I really think y'all ought to, ought to take a look at that. Okay, let me give y'all all the addresses before we go to the next segment. The Frapper Map, Donations, and the blog page can all be found at kb5jbv.blogspot.com. kb5jbv.blogspot.com. Comments, suggestions, any information you want to send this direction, uh, send it to kb5jbv, kilo, bravo, five, Juliet, bravo, victor, at gmail. KB5JBV at gmail.com. Okay, I've gone just as long winded as I can. We're trying to move through this as quickly as possible. There won't be a new segment this time, but we're going to move straight on to the segment formerly known as Buzzword. So, y'all just hang in there for a few.
Okay, so this time on the segment formerly known as Buzzword, uh, let's talk for a minute about Part 97. So the Buzzword is Part 97. Title 47 of the Code of Federal, Federal Regulations, Part 97, are the uh, rules and regulations that govern amateur radio. And if any document is important in amateur radio, this is probably the most important document. Now, I'm not going to go over the thing in its, in its entirety. If you uh, go to the internet and type Part 97, you'll come up with plenty of websites to get to a copy of it where you can read through it. Uh, the way they have it set up over at the ARRL website is uh, really nice. Uh, it gives you an index on one side and the actual text on the other side. But what I am going to go over is Part 97.1, Basis and Purpose. Uh, the rules and regulations in this part are designed to provide an amateur radio service having a fundamental purpose as expressed in the following principles. First of all, rec recognition and enhancement of the value of the amateur service to the public as a voluntary, non-commercial communication service, particularly with respect to providing emergency communications. Okay, now you guys outside the U.S., y'all have different rules, and in fact, I'd appreciate it if y'all send me an email so I can uh, go see what kind of rules y'all are working under. But anyway, what this particular segment states is that uh, uh, we're there for the government to use. We're there for uh, state and local agencies. We are there, you know, to uh, be the thing that helps them communicate because most government agencies don't communicate very well they're either on di different radio frequencies or speaking different languages and we fill in the gap B continuation and extension of the amateurs proven ability to contribute to the advancement of the radio art now for some of you newer guys you know y'all might not see a whole lot of that but you know we're always working with you know and hadn't been too many years ago that we were working with uh, 80211 systems trying to use those in amateur use we were uh, packet radio has been around a long time and it's evolving wind link is starting to come to the forefront of that which is an emerging not an emerging technology but a new way to use it uh, even d-star d-star is uh, definitely one of the leading cutting-edge kind of things and let's not leave out things like uh, echo link uh, RLP things like that and by contributing to the advancement of the radio art we come up with new stuff and eventually it gets put into commercial use so everybody has better communications via radio uh, the best thing I can think of is AX25 packet you know, uh, AX25 uh, has been modified and adapted, and uh, I remember the first police MDT I ever saw was running on X25, which was the uh, commercial variant. Uh, Part C, encouragement of, and improvement of the amateur service through rules which provide for advancing skills in both the communications and technical phases of the art. What that pretty much boils down to is that's the reason you have to take tests. That's uh, one of the things that goes along with it. You're 
technical your technical knowledge is increased so that you can take these tests and over time as you use the knowledge that you've learned uh, you increase your skill levels the more you practice the better you get D expansion of the existing reservoir within the amateur service of trained operators technicians and electronics experts and let me talk about that a minute. I keep hearing hearing folks say it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. Well, okay. Uh, building trains in your basement is just a hobby. Making houses out of matchsticks, that's just a hobby. Um, amateur radio is not a job. But it's not exactly just a hobby either. Because we do to be involved in emergency communications and uh, different acts, act, aspects of amateur radio. Uh, it's our job to train, self-train, and exercise our skills and grow our skills and make ourselves better operators all around. Trained operators. Well, you know, some, uh, some MCOM organizations race these areas uh, now require that you go over to the Federal Emergency Management Institute and uh, take some of their courses so you can stay involved because you need to be trained. Uh, getting on nets and operating, calling nets, that's all training opportunities, working public service events, that kind of stuff. Uh, the kind of people that work with the nuts and bolts, you know, I'm the kind of guy that puts things together not necessarily at a, com a component level, but I can take this piece of equipment over here and this piece of equipment over there, put them together, make them work, and make them do what I want them to do. And then we get to the component level guys, the electronics experts, the guys that are on the leading edge. They know how to, uh, you know, what chip goes where and this kind of stuff, you know. Quite frankly, I've never been that smart. And then there's E. Continuation and extension of the am amateur's unique ability to enhance international goodwill. Well, there you have it, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the best ways for us to make friends overseas, one of the best ways for us to make friends in other countries, and keep a dialogue open, even if the people who are in charge uh, aren't getting along too well. Amateurs worldwide get along. You know, it was, and that comes in handy in the long run because amateurs here will help if there's an earthquake in Mexico. Um, if a hurricane comes through, that's a truly international effort because it may be parts of Mexico, Cuba, Jamaica, uh, the Caribbean, uh, the U.S., all involved on the radio. It doesn't matter what country we're from. And the best, uh, one of the examples that always comes to mind when I talk about this is, uh, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name in Kuwait City, who not only was cut off from the outside war world uh, except for his amateur radio equipment when uh, 
Iraq first, the first time when Iraq invaded Kuwait. But he even, it was so important to him to get information out via amateur radio to a connection that somebody he could talk to every day in Gary, Indiana, that when they came and confiscated all his equipment, he let them confiscate a bunch of old junk equipment that wouldn't work and continued to operate even though if the uh, Iraqi soldiers had found out that he was operating, they could have put him to death and allowed us to have plenty of inside information to go in and liberate Kuwait. Now, I know some of you guys out there probably, well, everybody's got strong feelings about what's going on over there right now, but that particular situation was uh, a liberation situation. Uh, they overpowered Kuwait. We went in, got them out. Amateur radio was happening again. You know, this is the only hobby I can think of that you can get into and you can talk to rock stars, country music stars, television personalities, heads of state. You know, uh, it's been more than once I've missed an opportunity to talk to the King of Jordan because I miss him by just a few minutes. Anyway, part 97 is very important. And I suggest y'all get on out there and study up on it because uh, the best way to pursue amateur radio is to know as much about how it works as possible. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. Okay, so let's talk about Echolink. This here is a, <laughs> an example of your emails making a difference because I got an email uh, wanting, uh, wanting us to talk about Echolink. So we'll, uh, we'll do our best 
I'm not as knowledgeable about it as I should be. I have used Echolink uh, in, on more than one occasion. I just, uh, it's been a long time, and if I did go to get on Echolink now, since my radio machines are all Linux, I'd have to use a different program called QTEL. But we'll, uh, we'll start off with the best reference possible. Uh, K1RFD, who I guess is the originator of the system, describes Echolink as software which allows amateur stations to communicate with one another over the internet using voice over IP technology. The program allows worldwide connections to be made between stations, from computer to station, and from computer to computer. So let's boil that down a little bit. <clears throat> Echolink is basically a system by which you can link repeaters, link radios, link computers, and have amateur radio communications. Now. Um, there are other systems out there like IRLP and um, even D-STAR is moving in that direction. But right now IRLP is repeater to repeater. D-STAR is repeater to repeater. At this time you can't actually get on your computer at home and get into an IRLP repeater or an, uh, a D-STAR repeater unless you have special provisions made by the repeater operator and all that good stuff. Echolink, on the other hand, is a, a place where people can meet up and if you're on your computer, you log into the system, you can punch in a node number and if that, if that particular repeater is linked at the time, you can throw your call out and talk to folks on that repeater. Also, if you have a local repeater that is hooked up on Echolink, you can use your tone pad on your microphone to punch in the uh, node number for the repeater you're trying to get to, and when they link, you'll be able to talk to people on that distant machine. Uh, computer to computer, it's more like... Um, voice over IP telephone but you have the advantage in all these cases of being able to link several computers or several repeaters or any combination of these together in one place. You can also set up radio to radio communications and let me give you all an example of that well sort of. Um, there are what are called link stations which are uh, people take their radio, hook it up to their computer using sound card interface and set up some tones in the software so that you can access the system via their radio. So if I was five miles away and I wanted to get on Echolink, I could be in my car, punch in the appropriate tones for the radio if I had a radio set up for it go in through the radio into the computer out onto the internet to the Echolink servers and at that point either be able to gather up in a conference which is one of the places where all the computers and radios gather or directly call or directly access another repeater or another link station 
and be able to talk to people on the other end. It all sounds kind of complicated for you new guys, I'm sure, but the best way to get started with Echolink is to download the software and read the literature. Now, the example I was talking about is when Saturn was hot and heavy here in North Texas a year or so back, uh, we had a weekly net which was on a linked repeater system down through the state, and most of those were hooked up IRLP, but it was an open system. On one night of the week, there was a net up in the New Jersey area, which was the guys who do the most stuff where Saturn is concerned, meaning um, they have websites up, training information, a weekly net. Uh, I think there's three or four repeaters that are hooked together up there. And the system was on Echolink. There was a way to access it through Echolink. So the first couple weeks that I knew about this, I went over to the Echolink server and signed on via uh, my computer. Well, myself being the training officer for North Texas and the net coordinator for North Texas who lived two miles away and a couple of others all wanted to be able to get on this net also. So I took my little old sound card interface, which I've got, uh, I use Rascal because it works just as well for me as uh, one of those expensive, uh, uh, what is it, rig blasters or whatever they are, and hooked it up to a two meter radio, hooked it in the sound card, got all the levels right, put in an access code, and when it came time for that net every week, if I wasn't here at the house and could turn the radio or set the radio so they could talk through it, I could bring it up from my mobile and then all of us would be able to use analog two meter radio from here into the radio at the station here, out through the internet and into the Echo link repeater on that linked repeater system up in the northeast. So it is a technology that's been around for a while. It's, uh, well, I got back on the air after hiatus about five years ago, and Echo Link was going hot and heavy then. So it's been around a little while. But the upside is that you can talk to international stations there are repeaters all over the world that have echo link attached to them uh, you can link repeaters in your local area you can supplement repeaters in your local area and it really works out well now another advantage of echo link is there's a couple of server a couple of uh, conferences on echo link where when we're having hurricane activity you can listen to the National Hurricane Center and some of the other emergency communications involving that. They normally uh, set those conferences up listen only. And that's fine because, you know, you don't want somebody who might be causing a problem getting in there and uh, disrupting things, but that's okay. So, let me... Uh, So to get started, 
Um, the first thing you need to do is download the software. And if you go over to www.echolink, one word, dot org, I believe, if uh, it doesn't come up for you, just Google it, it'll pop right up. And uh, go on in there, and you'll be able to find the current software and go ahead and download it. Now, once you've downloaded it, once you've downloaded it, it's pretty easy to install. It's not uh, not a whole lot involved in it. You know, uh, nowadays most of the Windows stuff, you just kind of look at it sideways and it'll jump right on your machine. And once you get it installed and get it started. Uh, and fire it on up, then you're going to have to do the regular stuff you always have to do with like a, a PSK31 program or uh, anything else. You're going to have to install your, put in your call sign and some information, that kind of stuff, and then you'll be ready to go. You're also going to need a microphone at the very least. Uh, I always used a headset. I like headsets. Y'all can tell I'm partial to headsets because that's what I'm using now. But I'm gonna have to find something else because it really doesn't sound as good that good when I listen back listen to it back. Okay, so now you've got the software downloaded and you've got it installed. You've got your information put into it. So now you're looking at the main screen. On the main screen you'll see uh what looks like a directory tree on your hard drive and it'll show depending on which screen you're looking at it'll either show uh, show a list by country or a list by uh, link stations, repeaters and users and that kind of stuff and it's pretty simple to use the first thing you need to do is go over to the echo server and well let me back up a minute um, when you're in there setting up the mode there's like two different modes sysop mode and user mode user mode is if you're just going to be using it on your own probably you're using your PC to talk to somebody else and that kind of stuff sysop mode is if you decide to go ahead and hook it up to a radio or something like that you know, go down, get your COM ports set up and everything else, call sign, and that kind of deal. You know, a link or a repeater station is going to have a dash L or a dash R behind the call sign. Otherwise, just put your call sign in. And then you'll need a password and all this other good stuff. So, once you get your call sign validated on the system, and they do validate call signs, or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do, but they did validate call signs uh, process may take a couple minutes or two or three hours depending since each call is individual individually validated by hand uh, during this time the station list area of the screen will be blank but once you have access then you'll be able to connect okay so if you want to chat with somebody, 
and the other station sitting at their PC instead of a radio link, you can chat while connected by typing messages. Okay, there not only is there voice on this, but you can send text messages also. Uh, there are different ways to interface to it. Uh, normally, a sound card is the best way if you're using radio. Um, like I said, I'm not as familiar with this as I should be. Of course, I haven't used it in some time. Um, i tell you, the best way is to go out and get the software, set it up, and run through it a little bit at a time. Documentation is really good on it, and it ought to get you started. Now, if any of you guys know K1RFD, I'd like to get him on the phone because then we could really do a, a proper Echo Link uh, segment on this. I myself think it's something that everybody should try. And the reason you ought to try it is because, number one, it teaches you how to do use other systems. And number two, uh, it's another technology that we need to have under our belt. And every, all of you guys that have been listening to me know that I'm big on public service. I'm big on emergency communications. And even though it's internet, uh, even that is usable because, yes, it does go out in some cases, but it doesn't always go out. And it provi provides another route for us to communicate without being accessed by the general public. So, my suggestion is, everybody get on eBay and find yourself an inexpensive headset. Doesn't have to be much. In fact, the one that I used, I think I bought for eight or nine bucks up at Walmart uh, before I went and purchased this better headset. And I had a lot of fun with it. Made a lot of contacts. And especially those of y'all who haven't, who are just getting into the hobby and kind of mic shy. You can kind of pick and choose or go over to conferences and uh, listen to what's going on and kind of get the hang of things. And with that, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you know, things have been a little tough around here the last month or so, but I guarantee the next subject I bring y'all is going to be a whole lot more informative. Now, for those of you uh, who have been using Echo Link steadily, I'd appreciate it if you'd get in touch with me uh, at kb5jbv at gmail dot com and you know let me have some information on that y'all know i read it every email i can on there on the, the podcast so that folks will uh, folks will get the information that y'all pass along you know once again this is y'all's podcast and the only way it can be y'all's podcast is if you input and I really need some information concerning this echo link. And like I said, if any of y'all know uh, K1RFD, uh, get a hold of that boy and point him this direction because I could really use somebody a little more knowledgeable so we can definitely, definitely make a better segment 
was looking for his name, but I can't find it. Anyway, that's just about all I have to say about uh, Echo Link at this point. And I guess we'll just go ahead and uh, move on to the next segment. much wraps it up for this uh, this episode uh, it's not a great episode I guarantee you and uh, I promise the next one will be better the main thing is we're back on the air and as long as we don't blow up any more equipment there's no more bloodshed no more explosions no more fresh fruit uh, we'll be able to keep going okay those of you let me go ahead and hit contributions one more time we are looking for contributions to resonant frequency the amateur radio uh, podcast not only monetarily but on the uh, nuts and bolt end if you want to send a monetary donation to resonant frequency the amateur radio podcast go over to the blog page at w or at uh, kb5jbv.blogspot.com up on the left hand corner you'll find a donate via paypal button uh, at paypal you can use uh, cash uh, from a paypal account or bank account uh, an e-check or even a credit card <clears throat> all the money donated resonant frequency the amateur radio podcast goes directly back into the podcast uh, it helps pay for storage fees uh, to help upgrade equipment and that kind of stuff okay if you want to send an email with a comment a suggestion something you'd like to hear about on resonant frequency just shoot that bad boy off to kb5jbv at gmail.com kb5jbv at gmail.com if you'd like to talk to me direct and you are D-Star capable once again you can contact me on the November Echo 5 Romeo Repeater port C that would be the uh, 2 meter port uh, port B is currently not functioning uh, the 440 side works it's just the gateway is not functioning on that port at this time Okay, we did donations, we did emails, 
we, you can leave comments on the blog page also over there at uh, blogspot.com. You can leave comments uh, if you like. <clears throat> as far as uh, other contributions, if you'd like to help out behind the scenes, uh, that's helpful also. Uh, one of the things I will ask that I forgot to put in the uh, lead-off segment is uh, you guys send me some stories about your amateur radio experiences over the uh, Christmas holidays. Uh, I'd like to hear some of those, and we can uh, get a few of them on the, on the show if we need to. Or uh, not if we need to. We would like to have some of them to put on the show so that uh, we can spread some of the amateur radio. I didn't get any stories from Field Day, and uh, I was a little disappointed on that, but uh, I understand. So uh, you can send those also to uh, kb5jbv at gmail.com. Okay, that's pretty much got it wrapped up. Uh, can't think of anything else at the moment, but I'll think of something five minutes after I get this thing uploaded. Uh, I would like to thank Midlife Crisis, John Williams, and David Henderson for the music heard on uh, this podcast. Uh, y'all know, uh, no Davesky. He's our, uh, our leadoff man, Midlife Crisis. John Williams is uh, most of the music you've heard in the podcast, in the middle of the podcast, is all John Williams. You find him over at Magnatunes. Uh, great resource for. Uh, music and uh, very inexpensive uh, David Henderson uh, he's over at uh, Podsafe where we found found midlife crisis but it's like I said uh, episode or two back we've decided to use that particular piece of music because I was waiting for the podcast I was listening to that was using it to stop using it so that uh, I could get my hands on it okay well I think that pretty much does it Y'all remember that this podcast is under a Creative Commons license, which means you're allowed to use uh, bits and pieces or the whole thing to pass around to your friends, play at club meetings, whatever, should you feel so inclined, as long as you let them know where it came from. Uh, Meaning me. (laughs) And with that, uh, I'll be thinking a dog, I'll be thinking... Uh, my wife for putting up with me Uh, I'd like to thank all you ham radio operators that this year have uh, helped us grow this podcast to where it is and starting the first year we're going to kick her back off with a bike so having said all that having uh, said thank you to the people that uh, have contributed it contributed Uh, I guess the only thing else is to say uh, y'all take care of yourselves and your families especially on this holiday season I hope y'all all all have a safe one and to be politically incorrect uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah and uh, with that I guess we'll just say 73 We gotta go